0: Visit the Ford fans Zone on Level 6 at the next Utah Jazz game where there are free pop shot games, cornhole, and foosball tables. Enjoy incredible city and mountain views while relaxing, enjoying food and drink, taking in the game, and socializing with friends. Time to bring in Hans Olsen. I thought it was Riley Jensen. No, I don't know where you got that idea. <laughs> Hans joins us now, Here from noon to 3, with Scotty G. This time of year, he roams the globe. <laughs> Broadcasting college football games on the radio, the network broadcast. Hans, are you still in Utah or are you off to Shreveport or other places?
1: Tomorrow morning, off to Shreveport. Can't wait. It's going to be a fun one. I, I mean, I don't think the game's going to be very close, but I'm excited to get out there. I I do love calling these games. It's it's fun, and I've had a chance to call BYU on on the national broadcast a couple of times, so. It's it's always exciting. It gives me a chance to to send a more broad voice out there for BYU and Kalani, and and it also gives me a chance to call these games. I do I love calling it. It's just it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot more work than I would have thought to be a, a good color analyst.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, that's why I thought it would be cool to get you on before you go to let folks know that you're doing them. And I know you've done them in the past and you'll do them in the future, but you're right. The reason why I thought you'd be an expert to have on is because you we, we already know BYU. We do deep dives on them a thousand times over. But you, in order to be prepared and keep your job and sound uh, the way you want to, you have to do deep dives on the opponents, which means you've got to know UE, UAB inside and out. Yeah, and and I'm sure you've you've already that's an ongoing process here that you know, and it takes countless hours to get to that point. So when you have done your studies of these guys, what are you thinking?
1: I'm thinking the BYU should beat them pretty soundly. Uh, I, I think that they pose a couple of problems. They've got a pretty decent pass rush. They can get some one-on-one rush. So. I, I don't know if we're going to see Barrington out on the outside. I don't know if it's going to be Kime. I, I, my guess is Kime would probably start. I don't know if you've heard anything on that, PK, but those outside guys, both Freeland and Kime or Barrington, on the tackle positions are going to be key in this game for BYU to get the, the, the size victory that I know that they want to get because there is some really good one-on-one pass rushing that goes on. The other thing that they've got, they've actually got the nation's leader in yards per catch. Yeah, the Shropshire, tight end. Uh, no, uh, Shropshire is the wideout. The tight end is the second leading receiver on that team, and he, he's good. He's really good. Uh, but they've got this wideout that just runs deep PK, and he just he gets over the top. I, I don't know how he does it. And, and it's not that he's got thousands of yards. He's he's like six hundred and eighty yards on right, a year. Right. But it's over twenty seven yards per catch and if he typically if if he's catching a ball he's going for a touchdown. So BYU's going to have to be prepared and just make sure that they stay over the top on that. That tight end that you talked about PK, Yeah, in I think the he's
2: last, averaging like, like 20 yards of reception, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he's he's up there as well. Uh, 20, yeah, he's like 22, 24. And uh, he he's really come on in like the last four games. Is, is is where he's really come from and he's he's become a big time deep threat as well he this quarterback he's not much different than Logan Bonner he's uh maybe slightly more athletic but he has the same type mindset as Logan Bonner um, he's got his release is just a little bit slower he's not quite as snappy Logan Bonner gets the ball out of his hands pretty quick this guy will delay just a just a touch, so BYU should have an opportunity to try to get that rush on him. He he doesn't look to run, but he can. He will run, but he just doesn't look to run. They they run some zone read look option attack, but he really likes to give. He doesn't like to keep. Typically, when he does keep, defenses aren't ready for it, so he does get some yards. So you got to keep an eye on him. But when I look at the talent that BYU is about to face. And and by the way, I spent most of my time watching the Alabama Birmingham UTSA game, but when I watch the talent, it it really shows to me that BYU should have a, a very solid, dominant win over Alabama Birmingham.
0: Okay, solid I can buy off on blowout. I have a little problem visualizing just because BYU didn't really blow people out this year; they won comfortably. Uh, A-Rod has certainly opened it up more than he did in his days at Utah, but there's still some of that logic to his uh, the way he thinks about football. You know, when you get up by two scores, you're not trying to win by four scores. You're shortening that game and getting out of dodge. Yeah. And so I, I can see comfortable. I mean, Utah State, I never thought they were going to lose the Utah State game, but they only won by 14. It's not yeah. like they were out there blowing people out by 30. But having said that, you know, I can hear A-Rod now, and we don't have to win by 30. We were up by two or three scores, and we got to the end of the game and got out of there.
1: So, DJ, I guess the way I would define a blowout for BYU and what I'm expecting Mm -hmm. is control the clock. Yeah. Algier running. Um, Algier needs to get to, like, 114 or 115 yards to become the sixth all-time on career rushing for BYU. I think it's 114 yards in this game. And I, my guess is he gets somewhere around that 115 mark. He controls the ball. I, that's how I want it to be, at least. I, I want them to kind of show some strength and dominance. So they'll control. They'll always have a, a kind of a lead. And I'm saying a 17-point-plus win type type of game um, where Algier really controls. You know, to your point, DJ, I, I do think that Aaron Roderick, he, he loves to be fancy, and he likes to – Put on a show for the fans. Uh, yeah, I want. I hope people out there understand that Aaron Roderick. He he comes from that mindset of hey, let let's be entertaining, let's have some fun, but let's be productive. But let's put on a show for the people. He he knows how much BYU fans love what Lavelle did, and and you know you see all the people that Lavelle brought to the yard when his offenses were high flying. I, I do think that Aaron Roderick has this desire to to build that type of an offense that's fun to watch. So he's going to want to put it in the air. He's going to want to have some big scores. But I'm I'm hoping that he doesn't get too far away from the dominance of the ground game, letting Algier go get 115, have a 36, 37-minute time of possession, control the game, And, and my consideration of 17 points in a game controlled would be a blowout.
2: For comparison's sake, to get a better feel of the talent level of UAB, if they were to play BYU schedule that they had this past season as far as the what the seven uh power fives and then the uh put uh Utah State Boise in there so I've got nine games basically does UAB beat does UAB beat any of those nine teams
1: Oh um yeah they 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 probably you know <sighs> My guess maybe is Arizona, be a, yeah, a, for sure. a five and four or a four and five situation. Um, the, the, the game I spent the most time with was that UTSA game, and, and I don't know if you guys remember watching that just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, UTSA. It, it, Alabama Birmingham had a, a like a six or five point lead yeah, with right, like right at the end. Six yeah. seconds left and UTSA fumbled a snap and the quarterback right scooped it off the ground and just kinda lobbed it yeah over the top to that tight end that you were talking about, PK and he caught it and they, they won. So they were really close with an undefeated Texas San Antonio team at that point. Other than that, you got that Georgia game. Georgia just destroyed them. So my only sample size is they stayed okay close with UTSA, blown out by Georgia. Every other team they've played, I think, has been pretty mediocre to less than mediocre. My guess is it would have been like a, a five and four, and four and five. I will tell you though, and I don't know how much you guys know about this head coach at Alabama Birmingham. This Alabama Birmingham team. They are the winningest team in Conference USA since 2017. This coach came in and took over in 2014. And he took over like a two-win team. And since 2017, he's gotten Alabama, Birmingham, Roland. They're actually a more winning team than Texas San Antonio uh, since 2017. And, you know, he got a, a National Coach of the Year uh, awards in 2018. So he's a good mind. And when I watch his teams – like, uh, for, like for instance, I watched um, Middle Tennessee State, and I'm just embarrassed for for the staff and the sloppiness. I mean, down to the basic techniques and the schemes, it, it's horrifying. I watch Alabama Birmingham, and I'm like, all right, that's a that's a, a program that I would put my son in. That's a program that I would want to play in. That's a it's a very sound program. Um, they they do make some sloppy mistakes at times, but the scheme is sound, and when they're When they're obedient to their techniques, it's sound. I can tell that they're well-coached.
0: So, with UAB, well, I guess this actually has to start with BYU. How healthy will BYU be on, on both the offensive and defensive line? And do you think that they're going to wear UAB down on either side of the ball or both sides of the ball and really be controlling that game in the second half?
1: Just on the offensive side of the ball. I do, I do worry a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. Um, it's been it's been crazy watching them go through guys like Wilgar and watching them go through guys like Chaz Ayu, and you know we've seen some of their best players Keenan and others go down in the season. It's been so frustrating. So my guess is they come in. Um, I, I I expect a couple of guys to be out there. I expect Maher Mariner. I'm I'm hoping. To see guys like Summers, and and I know that he's been dealing with injury all year, but I don't have as much expectation. I, and I, I know that Alabama Birmingham is better on the defensive side of the ball. They're the eleventh best defense in the country as, as far as yardage is concerned. They're they're good, uh, and that's in the run game. Um, they're eleventh best. I think they're seventeenth overall, but. But I think that this is a different style offense that they're going to face, and it's a different style front that they're going to face. And when I watch what BYU did, I, I do I do expect that offensive front to be healthy. I watch what Utah did, sorry, BYU did to Utah's defensive front, and I just don't see Alabama Birmingham really being able to hang in there. I, I would imagine that their defensive scheme is going to try to throw a lot at the gaps and uh, which they didn't do against Texas San Antonio. They rushed three, probably thirty percent. Rushed four, maybe another thirty forty percent, and then brought some blitzes and some different schemes. But I expect BYU on the offensive side to really be able to grind them and wear them down. And then on the defensive side, I just don't think Alabama Birmingham is inept enough to to really push around a defense that that might bend a little bit
2: want to hit you up about Urban Meyer. You know about him. You know his coaching style. You played at college. Now you played for somebody who might have been the polar opposite of, uh, of uh, Urban Meyer. So I don't know that you can speak to that at college and how, would, how you would have worked. But obviously you played in the pros. And what did you think would happen with Urban? And are you surprised about what did happen?
1: I'm not surprised. I am surprised that it went this fast. And I, I haven't I had a chance to listen to you guys. I, I wasn't sure if, if you felt the same. I was surprised that it was 13 games. Sure. I, I wasn't surprised that he was fired from the NFL. I, I think some of the some of the personal stuff that got out with him grinding on some girl and all the the nastiness of that and you know he tries to hold his team at least the guys that I talked to that he's coached. He always tries to hold them to a high standard and all these expectations. And when, when something like that comes out, you're looked at as a liar. And, and players lose respect for you. They, they really do. I mean, people out there might be laughing about that. But if you've got a coach that's preaching toughness and preaching off, off-field behavior, and he goes out and acts like a wimp, or he goes out and gets a, a DUI and is found with some girl that isn't his wife, It it really does take the edge off of that coach. You know that I I don't. I don't want to listen to you anymore. If you're going to sit there and preach to me, but you're not, you're not going to follow your own advice. How am I supposed to look at you? Um, I, I think that he probably lost a lot of respect from his guys. I I also know that at that level, you know, when you're dealing with guys like Peyton Manning and Reggie Wayne and Edron James, Marvin Harrison, and Jeff Saturday. There's only so much you can do in intimidation. And I know that in the past, Urban has coached with intimidation. Intimidation doesn't work at that level. I played my, my rookie year when I came out with the Colts. Ellis Johnson was the veteran defensive lineman. And he used to use the term grown-ass man all the time. And he would say it to everybody just to let them know. Look, I'm not a kid. I'm not a college kid. This isn't just a game. This is my business. It's a job to me. I am the CEO of it. And and it's just a different feel. It's not it's not like anything I can really put into words. It's just guys run their business different. And I didn't I I really didn't feel like Urban Meyer's intimidation and his tactics at the college level from the guys that I talked to when he coached at University of Utah, I just didn't feel like it was going to work at the NFL level.
2: Yeah, my mother used that term with me all the time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Did you snap into shape? Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: from like eight years old. (laughs) You
0: know, uh, of all the mistakes Urban made and the yelling at assistant coaches, the kicking the kicker, the uh, punning the punter. So, right? The salacious <laughs> salacious details, married guy, younger woman, all that. The thing I heard on, uh, I don't know whatever roundtable call it football show was that made me convinced midway through this year that he was doomed and it was just the date was I heard ex players go off on him. Because he stayed behind in Ohio. Now that's where the stuff, you know, all comes out about you know the, the other woman and all that stuff. But what they were upset about was every coach they'd ever had got on that plane and suffered in silence because a plane a long plane flight after a loss, and and the players are hurting, and the assistant coaches are going right back to start breaking down film and grind for the next game. The fact he wasn't on that plane, Loads of credibility right out the window. Not getting on the plane was a very big deal to those ex-players.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's that's all part of that standard I was talking about. You preach one thing and then you do another thing. You lose the room. You can't do that. Now, if you've got your star quarterback or a a center or even some scrub like I was that's not on that plane, and you think the head coach is going to be okay with that? No, it's. You know, and unless there's something really set in stone, but for the most part, you're on that team plane. And I could see how that would really rub players the wrong way, and especially with what came out the following right. week of where right. and what he was doing. But, yeah, just the fact that he's not with the team was, was I think, against the grain enough to really lose a lot of that team.
2: With what went on with the announcement with Kalani and more about Tom talking about the money into the program, yeah, can and then going in the Big Twelve, is it fair to say this is a new era, new day for BYU football? I think so.
1: I I do. I really think it is. I think that they're building. Um, I have zero inclination of dollar amounts. Those numbers are really private. You can't get to them. I, I have talked to some of the, the old staff that left for Virginia, and, and I was able to put together some idea of some numbers. But my guess is that this number, whatever BYU extended to Kalani, it's got to be somewhere around two and a half, three times what he was making, would would be my guess, with the um, unprecedented number and him signing – and all the things that we've kind of seen unfold, I feel like they put a number in front of him that was as flashy, if not more flashy, than maybe even what he'd expected. Maybe, possibly, um, I don't know if, if if it was more than he'd hoped. But um, the way Tom Homo was talking in that press conference. And the way Kalani was talking in that press conference makes me believe that that number was significantly more than than what it was. So in, in that alone, PK, I think that's a change that you and I and DJ and, and Jake back there haven't seen. Um, we were all aware when we were playing for Lavelle that he was grossly underpaid. We all knew it. Um, but he was so well beloved and and so well taken care. We we all felt like he was a rock star, but we also knew that he could certainly be paid more. Same with our position coaches. But this, to me, it feels like it was a a groundbreaking move and contract that opens up the door for even possibly even more growth when it when it comes to paying staffs and and keeping staffs around it because. I can't express the importance of Kalani keeping on this path of winning now that they've extended this contract. I, I don't want them to have a, a down year of two or three wins and then everybody like shrivel up and, oh, no, now we're on the hook. Oh, boy, we we made a bad decision. I think it's important that he returns that faith to them and, and they, in their mind, think, okay, well, we'll pay him more and we'll pay him more because, you know, if he does what he's doing, in two years, there's another one of these coming. It's just how it works.
0: So, uh, yeah, and Tom did say, we will adapt if we need to adapt, we will adapt. Yeah. So he did leave that door wide open. Um, if you're into this kind of thing about the numbers and what Lavelle made and what Lavelle was offered by other people that he didn't take, we had Rondo Feldberg on, and he got very detailed and specific about the 90s. He had multiple stories. We had him on yesterday, so wherever you get your podcasts – uh, Google Play, Spotify, whatever, iTunes, on down the list. Loosen that. While you're traveling, I guarantee you, hands, you want to hear what Rondo said.
1: <laughs> Interesting. I,
0: yeah, he throws out Lavelle, Miami, and a number. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. Um, but I think the thing, uh, and P.K. and I both did this after we heard the press conference, and Tom said we looked at what other teams the Big 12 are doing and he said we looked at the Pac 12 and some other schools well i'm sure you'd look at utah because you're going to have to compete with them and you probably have some access through bronco maybe you can get a little background there right so there are other places they can go and and get some of these numbers and if you set Oklahoma and Texas' salaries aside, because they're going to the SEC, so BYU's not going to be competing with them for very long, if at all, in the Big 12. And if you look at the 12 schools that will be the Big 12 in 2026, you can't get the numbers for Baylor and BYU because they're private schools. But you look at the other 10 coaches, the fifth best-paid coach, Luke Fickle, Cincinnati, $3.4 million. If BYU is giving Kalani that, that's still 50% less than what Kyle is getting at the U. So it almost <laughs> yeah. seems to me that's the neighborhood BYU has to have moved into. And I know those numbers, you can fudge them because you can build in um, bonuses yeah. that are easier or harder to hit. So you know your base, but you also know if a bonus is likely or not.
1: Yeah. It, I think that – I think, DJ, I think it, it sure seems like you're on the right trail. Like that—that that is the exact trail that, that – I would have definitely followed as far as, okay, where is the conference? Where are the coaches Mm -hmm. in the conference? You know, what level do we need to get him to as far as conference coaching pay? Maybe with the the promise of an opportunity of bigger and better times when Big 12 money kicks in Mm -hmm. and, you know, being able to usher that team uh, an extension of longevity. You know, I, I know that money is a lot to a lot of people. But I think that Kalani's got plenty of it at this point. I think Kalani really wants to feel loved. He he wants to feel wanted. And uh, taking him to 2027, I think, does a better job of that than a simple two-year extension that took him to 2025. So I think that that is a a nice show of faith. And I think you're on the the right path with that, DJ. I I don't know where I'd put him. In the in the list of highest paid coaches in the big 12, I certainly wouldn't put it in the top five. I, I don't think I'd put it in the bottom five um, but I think that BYU is doing everything they can to to try to push forward with the growth of this program and and the the, uh, the fortitude of it knowing what they're about to head into in in a season after after one more season.
0: Anything on recruiting day catch your eye, or was it uh, pretty normal? Are there any athletes out there you think, wow, that's a huge get?
1: Uh, not really. Okay. No, I think that having Kingsley come back from Oregon, you know, if, if, King, if Kingsley stays on the path that he was on in high school, I do think that – I don't know if he gets to Penny Sewell's level of hype, but he's got all the body types and strength and anger – that Penny plays with. And I've seen the level of play from him that would be equal to that of Penny's at that age. So I've got high hopes for him to be a big time player for BYU after he's now transferred back from Oregon. And we'll see where it, it, you know how it is. It all comes down to who you are, how you work, what your mindset is. So, um, those are things that I can only predict based off of what I saw in high school. I'm excited for that. um, I think that all three schools knocked it out of the park. I think all of them did great as far as going out and trying to get the talent that they wanted. It was nice to see BYU get Ice Mola. Um I'm very close friends with the family, and I watched that kid grow up. I know that he's going to be a star. His brother's at Utah State. Speaking of Utah State, they got two offensive linemen out of the state that are fantastic uh, Teague Anderson, I think, is going to be a great addition, and I think Teague Anderson—he's—he's he's a body type and style that he could go in and win a start in his freshman year, if not his sophomore year. Um, and uh, and I'm I'm just excited. I think that the talent in the state of Utah—I don't know if you guys heard us talking yesterday—but Steve Tated tweeted out that there were five Division One scholarships given out the year he signed. And you know, we're well over thirty here in the state, so I'm happy to see this state really growing in in depth in football.
0: Hans, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot. You bet, guys. Have a good day. Hans Olson. Getting ready to call some bowl games on national radio broadcasts over the holidays. And it'll start with BYU and the Independence Bowl on Saturday. Cool. DJ and PK, what'd you miss in this show? What do you need to know? We will get to all of that next. The jazz. The uh, NBA, the overtime thriller, and uh, big football game tonight. We talked with Lincoln Kennedy about that earlier in the show. We'll get to that next. Stay with us.